0: Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Sunday, February 6th. And today we are continuing with our interview with Jeff Bacalar. Jeff is a gaming expert and he's head of content development and strategy at Giant Bomb, which is a great gaming site. And uh, I know Jeff for a long time when he was at CNET and was hosting a podcast and teaching me about everything technology and gaming, et cetera. Well, as it turns out, because of gaming sort of being at the center of so many technological innovations, I thought Jeff would be the perfect person to come on the air with us and talk about gaming and the metaverse. We did that yesterday. But today we're going to go into Web 3.0 and everyone's favorite topic, blockchain. Here is the second part of our interview with Jeff Bacalar. What is it that we need to know about when people say Web 3.0? What was Web 1.0? I get that. That's the beginning. Sure. 2.0 is like, OK, Facebook, Google, like they control the Internet.
1: basically. Yeah. Right? 2.0 is like, hey, we could put buttons on sites now. Mm-hmm. we can put like you know flashy we can have like nice uh, styling and sort of consistent uh, packaging of a of a of a site and three and but wait and also 2.0
0: is that like we can kind of harness all of this these disparate pieces you know with these like weirdo protocols and like sort of bring it together and create a more cohesive experience for the person for the user Is that fair?
1: Yes. Two two was like, hey, we can put products on the internet. And when I say a product, like a service, right? Like eBay, we can make an eBay work. We can make a YouTube work. We can make an Amazon work on this thing and people can spend money. And now, uh, you know, we have an economy there. Three enters the world of blockchain and cryptocurrencies and tries to find a common ground with coexisting with all of these technologies and making the web a much more automated and productive place
0: but the way it's also been described to me when we talk about 3.0 and we talk about say you know using the example of like let's use blockchain the technology that powers this idea that you don't have to have sort of a middleman is that mm-hmm. fair to say
1: I think a lot of the default, Catch-all explanations for Web three is a sort of. I mean, look, the the, the blockchain stuff uh, gets brought up a lot with Web three because it's it's the trust in that technology being the driving force for a decentralized kind of internet. I, I personally, I don't think that's ever a truly achievable thing, but that is the spirit of what people are describing when they talk about Web three.
0: Yeah, and they also say that you know they use this term DeFi, which mm-hmm. is decentralized finance protocols mm-hmm. right and they say oh isn't it great like now we can like just move money between us the the internet is this big huge printing press and there's going to be more you're going to really know who owns what and then i read an article today in the wall street journal headline defi increasingly popular tool for laundering money study finds
1: look to be fair yes i i agree with that criticism to be fair so is cash uh, Absolutely,
0: but that's right. why you can't go into a bank and say, you know, that's why a bank has to report if you want to take to more than ten thousand dollars in or out of a bank.
1: Absolutely, we're still in the very much wild west of this uh, of this moment, uh, and and I don't, you know, claim to be a hyper pro crypto person uh, either way. I do think blockchain technology, in in a vacuum, I think it is impressive stuff, and I think it's important. The way it's sort of being used right now and the, the kind of things that it gets, let's just say, swept up in feels like a much more temporary smash and grab, almost you know, pyramid scheme than what I think blockchain will inevitably be uh, successfully used for.
0: What is it going to be successfully
1: used for, for real? I think what is attractive and interesting and intriguing about blockchain is the idea of... Having some kind of open source ledger for ownership and for tracking things on the internet, I think that is the most provocative aspect of it. Like the fact that you can somehow have this bulletproof, unhackable ledger uh, that tracks uh, transactions uh, and and whatever you want to apply that technology to to me, seems like a valuable thing to have on the internet. The way it's been used right now seems a little superficial. I think the, the potential for it, when it really starts to get used in a truly meaningful way, uh, will democratize a lot of information and value. That without a doubt, in my opinion, blockchain is a part of our internet future, Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to get out of the sort of growing pains moment that we're in right now. Remember, Jill, blockchain, it's like uh, going to a library, opening up the book and checking out the library card and seeing everybody who took out that book.
0: Yeah, yeah I that mean, that's, was
1: that's the, a perfectly fine way to so describe who, it. So
0: who is the guy who is that, Dan, who, who gave us that analogy?
1: Yeah, Dan Roberts.
0: So, I mean, I think it's moved beyond the opening up the back of the book. I think that that really what has happened is what's the problem with the Internet right now? I mean, I don't really care about the HTTP, like that's why I don't care about like the technology powering. The the problem, it's a printing press. Like you can copy anything.
1: I was going to say the problem with the internet is that it has basically allowed information and newsmakers to become completely sort of like run amok and completely, you know, influence a huge population of people. Uh, based off of like disinformation and stuff that is simply not true.
0: Well, OK, but blockchain's not going to solve the problem of well, disinformation, is it?
1: Maybe. Uh, How look, so? Here's the thing. We might be too far gone, number one, because I think-, I think yeah, I think uh, we let I think Pandora's box has been open for for a, a little too long where there's no kind of stuffing it back in. But the idea where blockchain could help is if if anyone is left that cares about a reliable source, you know, that is something I think blockchain could have an impact on. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, I get that, but i I don't hold a lot of hope for that.
1: Be sure, sure because because again that will probably not be the most lucrative use of it
0: exactly and,
1: and when it comes to how can we turn this into uh, revenue uh you know having a a, a sort of like bulletproof source uh, using it as a bulletproof sourcing mechanism maybe not the way it gets implemented uh, in a meaningful way
0: right. I mean, because I sort of think like the problem, like if you're a musician, if you're a writer, if you're, you know, trying to track down who owns this asset, you know, that that that's the part that I think that having a way to specify who owns what and like technologically, we can do that. I kind of get that. But I don't get that, like, first of all, I think it's completely, it's such garbage that the people who are like the crypto cheerleaders are all like, oh, there's going to be no middleman. But of course there's going to be a middleman because that's how they're going to make money. So someone's going to control that. So I don't buy that there's going to be no middleman. There was no middleman from, you know, whatever, 1985 to 1994, let's say. And then all the middlemen and women got in there, right?
1: It does seem to be a supremely ambitious take that there will somehow never be intervention in any way or form. I, I don't know. You, you, the huge pillars of world commerce would have to shift dramatically for that for there to be an allowance of that sort of uh, exactly sh- change. I so, don't think in
0: our lifetime.
1: No, I, mean, I don't I, know. Yeah, and
0: I get your and I get your point that you know it would be nice if you didn't have the people out there who are unwilling to take responsibility for the Frankenstein monsters they created. Hello, Mark Zuckerberg. But, you know, that's just where, you know, that is where we are. So do you feel like there's any chance that this iteration of Web 3.0 could potentially change some of that or not?
1: Uh, out of the gate, no. I, I think like everything, it takes a really long time you know right now it seems like some of the worst actors are at the helm the idea that decentralization is somehow this you know uh freeing up of of everything it, it's just it's it's sort of not it's not this airtight sort of pitch and i think it's going to i think it's going to take a lot of figuring out before it is used in a way that pushes the progress in the right direction so You know, there's a there is so much chest pounding and so much emotional investment and monetary investment in what the possibilities are for technologies like blockchain that it's tough to see how it somehow just all falls into place
0: Mm.
1: out of the gate. Yeah, Uh, it's just not what we're seeing yet. But again, it is it is so nascent, it is so new. I'm, I'm still sort of on the fence about it. I'm not on the fence about it being a part of Web3 in the future of the internet. It will absolutely will be. Mm-hmm. Does it have a positive effect? I think I'm still in the middle on.
0: God bless you. Mark, do you have any questions for Jeff while he's with us before he has to go and be a gaming professional?
1: Gaming uh, addiction and, and screen time is a very real thing. How do you deal with that with your own son? You know, a lot of it is just being very aware of like what your child is doing. You know, it's, it, it. there are, you know, automated mechanisms in place that you can take advantage of. You know, all the console makers have tools that let you limit screen time and do that sort of stuff. But it has to be an interactive thing. You have to take control and, and learn about what they are doing. It's never been easier to kind of automate that process, but... At the same time, there's there's definitely a responsibility to sort of, you know, step in and and, and kind of say, hey, like this is this is it. I mean, for my son, he, he has a, a, a limited amount of time to do it every week. And when he hits that time, you know, he switches to something else and we make sure he does it. So I, I know that some for some parents that might be, you know, easier said than done. But that is sort of the, you know, the, the sort of tool set that we've and routine that we've kind of try to to own and, and use in our day to day
0: uh mark what else when are we gonna how is theo doing in his gaming career so far you know as he approaches his third birthday
1: no no gaming i mean you know he loves his cartoons he's got his handful of cartoons that he uh, that are his go-to that's for sure i don't know i don't know if video games is really much in his future i'm not into it you know I, I think it's all about still striking a balance, right? Like when it's nice enough outside, like we'll, we have to play hockey. Like we know, we're, we know we're going to get driveway hockey in at some point, and it's finding that kind of balance. I'll say this, you know, I think I have a a, a slightly controversial take on uh, TV versus video games where I would almost prefer him to play a game than to watch a show. I know really? he's learned to read better through playing video games because the games that he wants to play, he has to read. He has to see what people are saying. Could you, you know, possibly do it where he learns how to code? Sure. I mean, look, very basic, even children's games are like the building blocks of coding. Uh, mm. And, you know, they're even, They I think they do like a, an hour a week in school with basic coding. So understanding that language is, is definitely a part of the... Equation, You know, I, I I don't mind him watching cartoons and stuff like that, but I would almost rather him play something cerebral to build coordination and sort of, you know, input-output kind of reflexes.
0: Okay, that's our weekend. Uh, Jeff Bacalar, you can find all of his stuff over at Red Ventures. Again, the website is Giant Bomb, and Jeff is just so smart and so much fun, and we are so grateful that we count him among our friends If you have a financial question, just go to the website, jillonmoney.com, which I know you've bookmarked. I know you have. Click the contact us button and we will be happy to get you on the air with us or we'll just answer your question as an email. Don't forget all the content that lives on Jill on Money is updated all the time. Come check back, bookmark it, do all that stuff. And please lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace, little gratitude. It's Sunday. Come on. And we thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.